Next man up is one of the most cliche phrases used by coaches throughout sports. Unfortunately for the Panthers and head coach Pat Narduzzi, he needs the defensive ends to step up as they try to overcome the devastating season-ending injury to Rashad Weaver. On the other side of the ball, the team has a number of running backs willing and looking to break out. Last year, the running back group was led by two-headed monster in Quadriolison and Darren Hall. These are big shoes to fill, with Allison scoring his first career NFL touchdown in a preseason game for the Falcons last week. But these running backs on the roster have the potential to be productive. We take a look at that group and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We were knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina. And it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of August 17th, and this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. And disaster, it struck with Rashad Weaver out for the year last week. We had an emergency mini-sode quickly reacting to it last week, our first week in business. Unfortunately, we had that to talk about, but we've had a week to stew, and we'll comment some more on it this week. The loss of Pitt's defensive linemen and arguably their best player. we got to get into where the Panthers go from here. Plus, we have this past weekend scrimmage and the latest from Pitt football training camp as Nards gets his team ready to take on UVA in just two weeks. And we're here in week two of our podcast here. And, uh, you know, Pam, Vince, I'm looking forward to getting 3% better this week. I don't know about you. Yeah, that's what it's all about. We're just trying to get a little bit better each and every week so we could reach our goals. That's the goal. The goal is to reach our goals, and I think our goal is to interact with a lot of Pitt fans, especially on Twitter and on our our Instagram that we got set up, right? At H2P Shows, where it's going on, Pam? Yeah, absolutely. We're about to post some some, some stuff on the Instagram, and we've been very active on Twitter, posting some news about the ACC Network, um, trying to get everyone's thoughts out there, not only about pit football, but things going on along the college football landscape. Yeah, I saw that we did. We posted the uh, ACC Network getting uh, on some bigger distributors as well, but I just want to reiterate to all the pit fans, if you can't get the ACC Network, it's free at my house. Just so, just hit me up at H2P Show on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. And we, we are a product of pretty easy podcasts. So just letting you all know if you plan on doing a podcast or ever thought about doing it, just go to prettyeasypodcasts.com to get started today. Training camp, Vince, take us there where last week was pretty much a nightmare. How, 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 how's the team been reacting from what we've been reading this week? It, it seems pretty positive. Um, it, they, you know, they had a scrimmage this past week, 
And, of course, a lot of focus on that defensive line uh, after losing your best player, your best pass rusher uh, from a unit that needs to to help uh, dominate games, really, for this defense to be successful. And we're going to get into that uh, this week's show right here. Uh, well, yeah, you and I instantly reacted to it, and I'm always going to take the positive outlook on things like this because, yes, Rashad Weaver goes down. He was the really the only guy who has flashed any productivity in the past uh, on the defensive line, or at least to that level. But the thing I'm excited for is the opportunity so many different players are going to get now, and I think a lot of guys are going to get thrown into the fire. So big blow, sure, but Pam, do you think Rashad Weaver – Missing the entire season costs Pitt one, two, three, four losses. I don't. I don't think it costs them any losses outright, but I do think some of the games where the line could have been dominant, um, maybe some of those games are a little closer than they need to be. I think um, his loss kind of makes makes the gap a little closer between them and some teams because he is dominant. He did have NFL draft prospects, especially if he broke out this year. Um, But I don't think it outright costs them a game because I do think it's going to come down to the quarterback play ultimately for this team. And you will, you both realized last week, we talked about indispensable players. If the, if the Panthers lost them, none of us did say Rashad Weaver, which I think in that regard, we kind of dodged a bullet, but not that it's yeah. a good, not that it's <laughs> a good injury. This would have been over after yeah. week one. If we yeah. Did that. yeah, I think we all feel, you know, that there is some depth on this defensive line. And, you know, this is year five of the, the Pat Narduzzi tenure. So it, it should have some depth at this point. If losing a, a player like Weaver is going to, dismantle your entire season that's a major problem well and the one guy we talked about was jimmy morrissey and i think part of that was because we saw when he went out last year the immediate impact that happened so we knew right away they could not recover from that and alan you could speak to this you played the position center is something where you know if you don't have a guy uh familiar with making the calls and, and things like that you know, that could really disrupt things. Uh, defensive end, uh, you know, while extremely valuable, quite a bit different. Defensive end could impact a game dramatically, but he that's not a person barking out orders. Uh, you know, quarterback of the offensive line, the center. Rashad Weaver's job is put your head down and go or, and cont- or contain, you know. So it's really a lot less on the plate, but obviously a lot of opportunity at the defensive end position naturally to wreak havoc and do all sorts of things. And that's exactly the kind of players and athletes Narduzzi has recruited at that position. All the backups behind Rashad Weaver, inexperienced, yes, but they're all athletes with large frames who, you know, one of them is, I think, is bound to break out because you can't recruit this many giant able bodies that they have and one of them not be at least halfway decent and contribute to the defense it's interesting you mentioned that so so the first man uh that's going to get a shot at this is deslin alexandra and uh you know he was you know he was a reserve last year kind of the fourth man uh he's going to be now the second guy you know starting across from patrick jones and pam i don't know if you saw uh, some interviews with him this past week, but the kid sounds very confident. Uh, coach said that he had an excellent scrimmage. 
so that was rather convenient <laughs> right yeah. after the terrible news. But what I was focused on, the size of this guy's arms, they were huge. And, 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 you know, that tells me right there, you know, they're not putting just some pup in there that, you know, that, that can run fast. They're putting a mature man in there that's going to be, hold, be able to hold up at the point of attack and make plays. Yeah, and as a redshirt sophomore, um, as he gets more reps underneath him yeah. and continues to get used to the offensive line strength he's going against, um, I think as the season go on, goes on, he's really going to develop. And I think you mentioned Patrick Jones. He's someone who also has the physical body to yeah. get after the quarterback. And I think seeing those two together, um, I think will be a good fit. They're both very yeah. athletic guys. And when you're six foot four, two seventy, and arms like that, I'm hoping you're confident in your physical yeah. skills. Yeah. And you know, Pitt has some uh, other undersized defensive ends, but still guys, large frames, big, big dudes, and then also freak athletes that you know, with that the the height and the strength. Baldonado, we're hoping is putting on a little bit more meat and, and could step up. And I'm excited to see guys like that. Another name that you you see that in just you see the the measurements, and you also have been hearing in camp that he's been sticking out like a sore thumb because he's so physical is Bam Brima. But you got a you got a freshman there who's probably not even going to get the opportunity this year. If I'm the, you know putting this thing together and I have an injury like this, I think about I rethink that red shirt that was planned maybe, but. I don't know. They maybe Pitt thinks they and Narduzzi think they have enough guys that could fill the void. But I'm looking at all options when when you have a guy like Weaver go down. Well, and the interesting thing we saw last year with a number of players on this roster is the new redshirt rule, where you can play up to four games um, before you get a redshirt shirt. So maybe they wait until later in the season. Maybe they start early with some of these guys and then redshirt them. It'll be interesting to see how they use that rule to manipulate, especially on the defensive line with Weaver going down. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, you talk about Bram- Bam Brima. I think they'll, they'll cert- he'll dress, and, and, and they may throw him in there every now and then. Now against a, a, a top opponent, Week one against Virginia, I don't, I don't know if we'll see him, but certainly, you know, a John Morgan or or a Kmar Mims, you know, those guys are going to definitely, ha- they're going to have to get some snaps in there uh, to display. What what I'm maybe a little concerned about is you know, the cardio of these guys. You know, they got to be up to the task here, and we'll talk about the interior defensive linemen in a little bit. But it appears that there's a little bit more depth there as opposed to on the edge where I think the cardio is, is going to be huge uh, for these gentlemen. I, you can call me naive. I have high expectations for Patrick Jones yeah. this year. I think I just think he may exceed some people's expectations. Well, especially with the injury, uh, you know, just the mm-hmm. mental part of the game, a guy like that who knows that he's he was the uh, – the other side of the coin to Richard Weaver, Richard Weaver, and he you know he was going to be in the shadow, and now he steps into the spotlight as the next uh, you know contributor, the main guy at the edge. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with these red shirts, though, because I like getting more reps to guys. This is everybody complains about experience; they're not going to get any unless you throw them in there. And yeah. really, I don't think it matters as long as if the guy gets in there, gets enough, gets his feet wet, realizes you know, the pace and speed of the game and could start going full, full board. And a guy like Bam Brima, who's damn near 245 pounds, what's so, six, four, six, five, huge human being. 
I'm looking forward to this new red shirt rule being taken advantage of. Uh, and, and just to reiterate, the, the red shirts rule, it's just any four games. They could be thrown out there right. during yep. the season. So, uh, I mean, ideally, if you look at the schedule and you, any red shirt, were, fre- any freshman we're talking about that might get the red shirt, you're looking at t- teams like Delaware, uh, you know, that you might want to get them in there against uh, may- mm-hmm. maybe, and of course, obviously week two against Ohio, possibly, although they're an okay Mac team. Um, and then, you know, Maybe at Duke, you're looking at the opponents for these players that you might get opportunities to, and especially on the defensive line now with the injury to Rashad Weaver, this is the exact kind of situation this new rule is going to help teams out with it. And I'm hoping Narduzzi and company are looking their chops at the prospect of getting prospects the reps that they so desperately need to get them. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, Wrapping up this defensive end conversation, do you think that they try to move anybody uh, to defensive end from another position. We haven't heard anything about that. Uh, Kayshawn Camp uh, had some reps there last year, not too many in games. Uh, Chase Pine, linebacker, uh, played a little bit last year, although he seems to be you know, really in competition I, for yeah. a starting spot. Man, maybe a Noah Palmer, uh, a, a guy – who redshirted last year, moved inside the defensive tackle, but a, a, a nice athletic kid from TJ. And you know we like TJ Lineman on this show. Uh, could, maybe he could move back outside and, and provide some support. Well, I don't want to see them move Chase Pine. Okay. I think he's – I think I like, to, I like his development and everything I'm hearing about his development in the linebacker position. And that I talked about in the first show, that's something, an area that – to me, I'd like to see these guys develop more, and I think the more guys in that position, uh, maybe the better. Yeah. So I wouldn't move him. Absolutely yeah, not. Maybe move- Noah Palmer. Noah Noah Palmer. Yeah, the more you keep flopping guys around, you know, they can't really learn a certain position. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. A, I'm not a fan of it at all. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty set. I like you know what they've stacked up at defensive end. You know, in recruiting terms, they have prepared for this kind of thing. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they've gotten, they're not highly touted, but they've gotten guys that of the, you know, similar size and speed and strength, you know, same, same type as Rashad Weaver and that fill the void with those. And unless they're absolutely dog crap, I don't, I don't see the need to move anybody who's working on the interior to the outside right now. All right. Yep. So we're good on edge there. We're good on edge this yeah, week. I, th- I think so. Uh, talk a little bit about the interior defensive linemen. You know, if if you think your edge pass rushers aren't going to be as good, you got to have some guys step up in the middle and, and really push that pocket. Uh, it looks like there's three main guys that we're we're counting on here: uh, Amir Watts, Kayshawn Camp, and, and Jalen Twyman, who a lot of people have really been talking about. Um, it this as a unit. The defensive line has not come up with the production that they've needed to. And this has got to be the year that we finally see something. And the past last year, there was a lot of talk about Dwayne Hendricks really stepping up in that position and nothing, nothing. He's actually in camp with the team. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but I had, and I think that really impact negatively impacted, especially the back end of the defense, because they got no pressure yeah. in the middle there. They got some edge rush, um, especially with Weaver. But that 
interior really needs to make an impact this year. I think out of all the position groups on defense, this is the one that really needs to take the biggest leap for it to really come for full circle. Okay. Yeah, and it's also it's more than the pass rush cuz I think you could you could supplement a poor rush up the middle with an edge rush with creativity, you know, from even the secondary getting after a quarterback. But let's look at last year. 6 200 plus yard rushing games given up by this team. Ooh. That's that that's squarely on the interior of your line. That's on the line of scrimmage there. That's where they need to step up the most. And you know, I'm I'm just happy that the floaties are being taken off of everybody. Every I, they're going to have to be thrown in there and it's sink or swim this year for the entire defensive line and especially the top 3 guys you mentioned there Vince, especially uh Twyman who who I think has the most potential and could, you know, step up and be a become a someone in the interior could become a leader which i don't know if pitts had since aaron donald on the defensive front yeah <laughs> well we know amir watts is going to be the most hyped guy if you ever watch him <laughs> on the sidelines or yes. just after a tackle he's he's hyping everyone yeah. up even himself this, this twyman you know he spent all off season training with aaron donald he's training with you know the best in the business right now and so you know, he has got to, to show something, you know, you know, there's been a lot of hype around this guy uh, and we got, we got to see it last year, you know, this team averaged under two and a half sacks per game, only 18 sacks uh, coming from the defensive line. You know, that's a far cry from, you know, some of those great defensive lines under Dave Wanstead. Uh, specifically that 2009 defensive line, it, you know they got to get back up to this level to let the secondary do what they do. Biggest travesty, you know, what I think would be with this team is with the secondary that they have. And let's face it, you're talking about four guys. I'd say definitely two with NFL potential in the secondary. But at the end of it all, if someone looks at the Pitt team from 2019 and says. How'd all those guys make the NFL? They gave up all these passing yards. They didn't do anything on defense. They were terrible. Uh, you're going to end up be, being like, yeah, well, the defensive line was crap that year. They lost Rashad Weaver, and they had nobody playing defensive tackle. That would be the biggest travesty of this entire season to me, especially with how good the secondary is going to be, uh, and you know, collectively and individually going forward. Well, the secondary last year wasn't – awful but they did give up a lot of points and i think it part because of the defensive line that that's why they need to turn it around look, i mean look at avante maddox i mean that guy got beat constantly. he started last year and, at and, times and, for the Eagles. and he's in the nfl and i mean <laughs> who would ever thought that and it's yeah it's insane but you know what pitt's got good they get good players in the secondary you just don't know it it's it's one thing or the other every year Something's good on defense. The other thing's broke. And I guess <laughs> if something's going to be broke this year, it, I, it, it looks like it might be the defensive line, especially with well, the Weaver injury now. But even before that, with the with the interior and the lack of being able to stop the run. Even if the defensive line is a little bit better than last year, they're going to make a big improvement. That There's not much lower you can get than giving up right. that many 200-plus yard rushing games. So, uh, yeah, it's on those guys. And Amir Watts is the senior, the leader, but Twyman's the guy that really needs to step up. Someone needs to look special. Fingers crossed for him, obviously, 
all around the board. All right, so now we're going to take it to running backs, in which uh, we led the show off there, Pim. Very excellent, excellent editorial there. And you got me all hyped up because, I mean, I th- I say throw throw a, a dart at a name on a dartboard, and whoever it hits, I think is going to be productive. All these guys look good on you know the resume, size, speed, lot to be excited for when it comes to pit running backs in 2019. And even the freshman we're hearing is standing out in camp right now. Vince Davis is is doing well. Doubt. He gets uh, any playing time, though, right, Vince? Because it, it is a pretty stacked lineup back there. Uh, if you look at those top three guys, you know, you know, maybe the most heavily recruited group on this entire uh, th- this entire roster. You know, Sibley committed to Ohio State at one time. Salah Houdin committed to Southern Cal. AJ De- Davis heavily pursued by Oregon. Um, but, you know, there is some injuries in that group, so maybe that does open it up, uh, you know, for for uh, somebody like a Vince Davis uh, to get in there. But I'd say, you know, if all those guys are healthy, um, you know, he's probably not going to get any burn, but you never you never know at this point. And well, there's especially also with the new been... rule. Yeah, sorry about that, Pam, but especially with the new rule. And also don't forget Valique Carter. I know he's lining up out wide, but that guy could run from all over the place. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, Alan, was they have, uh, from what I read, run some plays for Carter in practice, but it's going to be maybe more, not in a jet sweep formation, but not in a traditional running back formation. He's got tremendous speed. So, you you know, Coach Whip is going to try to get him the ball somehow. You know, he, he, you know, you look at him, he doesn't look like a traditional running back. You know, he's a little lanky. it, when they moved him there in the spring, to me that just said, you know, we're going to try to some some select packages for, for this guy. He's not going to be, you know, a, a bell cow uh, back there. But you know, they're gonna they're gonna line him up back there. They're gonna line him up in the slot. They're gonna do something with him to get him the football. Well, going into last year, people thought AJ Davis would have gotten some carries, uh, but. Allison and Hall did so well, yeah. there was no room for him. But people were high on A.J. Davis going into last year as well. I'm really interested to see Sibley because I remember he was the first guy in his class to commit, really took ownership of that recruiting class. And so hopefully he can stay healthy. And uh, he seems like a guy to me who really loves Pitt and loves yeah. being part of this program. So I hope he can uh, stay healthy here this yeah. year. I, th- I have a feeling one of those guys, Sibley or Salahuddin, is going to end up being how A.J. Davis was. They're just two guys who are just way too productive for him to really get by at all. Ideally, that's what happens with Pitt this year. Two of those guys, mostly A.J. Davis, t- carry the load, and the other guy waits in the wings. And the good thing is, with Sibley and Salahuddin, there's time with both of those guys. And especially hearing that they're kind of, you know, there's bumps and bruises in training camp with them. Uh, it can't hurt to to maybe pound A.J. Davis a little bit more. He's been waiting, licking his chops, and uh, a guy with a lot to prove going into this season, more so than a lot of guys on the team. Yeah, it, the, the thing is, you know, we, we've seen, you know, each of these guys in, in very small spurts, uh, you know, a play here, a play there, but we haven't seen him really, you know, get in the groove uh, as a running back, and, and that that's so important, I think. You know, to get somebody out there 
you know, for a whole series or two, let them really get into the flow of the game, allow them to read the blocks and, and start making some plays. I don't know about the, the, any trying to think of anyone burning a red shirt, a red shirt. That's a running back at Vince David or yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it happening anywhere on the field. Besides that, I would maybe say Brema. We talked about tight end an option. What I mean, what's going on at tight end? So yeah. at least talked about position anywhere you look when it comes to pit football. Yeah, they got some. They got some big bodies there. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that you know they got they got probably three big bodies, but this Kai Wright, uh, true freshman, uh, this guy's got. A tremendous amount of athletic ability. He's probably the fastest tight end they have by far. Uh, and because he's different, maybe that means that he's going to get some playing time. What do you think? Yeah. Well, they have two transfers in Will Gregg and the guy from Rutgers. Yeah. And um, so Will Gregg really didn't integrate into last year's offense, yeah. but they didn't really need him because they just ran straight. Often. <laughs> um, so I'll be interested to see that, but I do think the freshman may be the one that emerges out of that position group. That's a possibility. But Will Gregg was a five-star guy coming out of high school. Yeah, a, a big-time prospect. Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen those kind of players at tight end at Pitt before. <laughs> yeah. Chris Clark. <laughs> uh, yeah. Once you get to the to the program, your whatever chip you had, whatever how many stars you had, it means diddly. It, you gotta, yeah. You gotta, especially step up. in that position. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated at, all, you know, how, if any or how many freshmen actually step up and contribute to this team. Uh, I would bet on no more than one uh, being really significant contributors anywhere on the field. But uh, I guess I'm a little pessimistic in that regard, Vince. Or is that realistic? Uh, I, I think that's rather realistic i mean you think about it you know this this is a again year five of the program and hopefully some significant depth has been built up and you don't need to rely on on some sort of instant impact kind of guy now they filled some holes with you know graduate transfers things of that sort but uh you know a kid coming out of high school they shouldn't necessarily have to rely on it but i also say you know the best players are going to play and it's not like they recruited, uh, you know, a five-star kid that, you know, everybody in the country wanted, who's got, you know, a, a body of a 22 year old is re- ready to go out there and, and bang with the best of them. Uh, they, they don't, they didn't recruit that kind of player this year. So, you know, maybe in future years that may happen, but this year I, I, I don't see that right now. Unless Bam Bream is hitting the weights real hard right now. I, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I can't get a close look at him. You know, you know how it is on the south side. I haven't seen, <laughs> and, and classes don't start for what another eleven days. Maybe I'll see him around campus. Uh, that the training camp is, uh, it, it's coming along. We're getting closer and closer. I, I feel like it's, it's just hilarious how we have to go by. You know, just the notes from from people who get to see so little of the team, and really there are five different ways each position I feel like can go, especially last week we were talking a little bit about the offensive line. Pam, you said, what, ten, there's 10 possible starters. Well, they, 
everybody on the team is 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 up there and ready to go. But I guess that's what what's good about uh, Narduzzi's uh, program is he gets everybody ready, and that's great when you have disasters like the injury to Rashad Weaver. Yeah, especially in certain position groups, they've proven that they can develop the talent, especially on the offensive line. Um, maybe 10 guys can play, uh, eight, seven or eight can be the starters, but they have that depth there and in a number of other positions on the field, which we couldn't say in year two or three of this program okay. at all, at all. Yeah. <laughs> Before we move on uh, from talking about Narduzzi's training camp, I do want to say that uh, next week it's our it's our final show before a game week. Correct? I mean, if my timing yeah. is correct. Uh, I really want to attack Kenny Pickett's arm if we can when when we put a rundown next week. I think everybody needs to have a final say on what what to expect from the pick quarterback because I've got a hunch, and I'll get more into it next week. I don't think they're going to ask him to be too accurate this season with Mark Whipple in charge. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, and something else to touch upon is, is, are the wide receivers the strongest position group of this team? Something to look for? The strongest. One of, people one think of the they strongest. may be the weakest. I, well, hey, we <laughs> yeah. can debate it. Yeah, it, you know, that's the, the passing game is, you know, maybe the biggest question mark it, on this entire team. I'm going to say before yeah. next week's conversation, Pam, it depends by, on your definition of what wide receiver means. <laughs> Correct. And I mean, maybe it's not super top heavy, but maybe it's, you have a lot of five or six plug and play guys, rotation guys that there's no question who's going to play. I, I don't know if you're questioning the wide part or the receiving part, Uh <laughs> But I'll yeah. Next week show uh, we'll be we'll be you know we'll we'll be tackling you know the big picture issues going into this season, and we'll be making our our season predictions next week before we get in uh, to the following week where we're really breaking down that Virginia contest. Uh, so look forward to that next week. Awesome. Here we go. All right, we're gonna move on. We've got some more conference breakdowns coming up, but. Uh, before we do that, let's, you know, this is uh, the Hail to Pit podcast. We're based in Pittsburgh. There are Pittsburghers all over this damn town talking about pit football going into the season, Vince. And they, a lot of people are saying a bunch of different things. We, I've, I know you go from Bloomfield all the way to, to the North Shore, and you've talked to people all week long. I'm mainly down in South Oakland, South Side, walking around the bars, going into the bank, talking to people on the street corner. What do you say we we find out what everybody's saying right now? Yeah, yeah, I think we really need to you know get the the pulse on what the Inzers are saying. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Trying to find out what the Inzers are saying. You heard we lost Rashad Weaver. He's out for the year. Yeah, our O line's really going to be hurting. No, you jag off Rashad Weaver. He went to Central Catholic. That's who you're talking about. I'm saying Weaver. You know, like old Weaver used to see down the bar there with PB. Uh, get, get out of town. We, we are done. We are going 0 and 12. As long as we beat Penn State, Notre Dame, and WVU, I, I don't care who's in there. But the answer's us. So that's what the Yinzers are saying. Uh, and, and as we do uh, on on this show each and every week, we're going to be talking 
uh, some national scene, college football, college basketball. Last week, we talked about the Big Ten and the Pac-12. This week, we're going to be talking some SEC, Big 12, college football. Why don't you kick us off, Alan? Oh, college football. And don't you dare be sour, Pan, because we're talking about probably the two most exciting conferences in all of the nation this week. Yeah, absolutely. Off air, I said, these are the two best conferences. And I said to Vince, these are the two conferences with the most Heisman contenders. So best players and the best conferences on the best teams. I mean, I basically would say every quarterback in the SEC is a Heisman contender, if you ask me. They're all good almost. They all have something to offer. And in the Big 12, uh, that's where you get big offense. Although I have a feeling when we talk Big 12, might be talking a little bit about the defenses as well, Vince. But uh, are we starting in the SEC here with the SEC East? Yeah, we'll start off with the best conference, bar none, SEC SEC East, Georgia, huge favorite here. Pam, I know you're you're a huge Georgia fan. Jake Fromm, uh, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. DeAndre Swift, excellent running back, running behind one of the best offensive lines in the country, maybe the best. Uh, Kirby Smart really got these guys going. Yeah, absolutely. Jake Fromm's my pick to win the Heisman. Mm. And I can also see DeAndre Swift getting votes. Uh, Really? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so high on this Georgia team. They may be my pick to win the national title. We'll see. Uh, But Georgia didn't – they just reload everyone at every position. They just have so much depth and so much talent. Kirby Smart is replacing his offensive coordinator, our, our old friend Jim Chaney. He was now at Tennessee. I don't know if we can call him an old friend, but uh, and their defensive coordinator, um, who I believe went on to be the coach at Colorado. So they are replacing their coaching staff, but that might not be the worst thing for Smart to get some new coaches in there. Um, but I, I just can't see anyone even coming close to Georgia this year. Um, most of the offensive lines back. And they did lose some wide receivers, but they have so much talent there that Georgia is going to win this division and maybe even the conference. And when you got Jake Fromm, you know, He's quarterback, amazing. you don't, you may not need, you know, superstar wide receiver. And you have oh. Swift, who's proven. Oh. <laughs> Kid, can we? Are you end, not as high as Georgia? Can, can we end Georgia? this Jake Fromm love fest between you two? I'm, I'm, he, oh. I'm almost as tired of hearing about him as I am Jimmy Garoppolo. He is the Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, don't, they don't even belong of, in the same ballpark. College football hasn't won a, a lick yet, and you know he's he's good for sure. Kirby Smart recruiting like a maniac, and Georgia is loaded. They, I am concerned they lost all those wide receivers. Sure, they'll reload, but the thing is, Florida is creeping up, and eventually Florida will be back. Probably not this year. I'm picking Georgia to win this SEC East. I'm not going to go crazy, but. Florida has probably, arguably, the se- the best secondary top to bottom in the whole conference. That includes Alabama and LSU. And you know, Felipe Franks may not be the guy. He could. You got to be able to do more than just throw really far. But with the defense at Florida really picking up, the offense kind of coming together. I- I'm telling you, Georgia needs to. They can't take their own division lightly a- a- anymore. <laughs> And I think UF will be a one-loss team by the time we get to the to the cocktail party in November. Uh, Georgia is is p- 
probably going to be undefeated. Who knows? Uh, Florida before then will have LSU and Auburn on their schedule. But I think those are the two teams to watch over in the East, as is usual. But uh, I think Florida is going to be closing the gap. Uh, don't don't just go all out on Georgia. Jake Fromm's got to beat somebody in a, in the damn playoff games before we he, start. He beat up. he beat Baker Mayfield. Big deal. That, so did everybody <laughs> in the NFL last year. Well. <laughs> Let me just say this, Alan and our listeners out there, if you have not watched QB1 on Netflix, it's the best show out there. And season one, they highlighted Jake Fromm. And ever since then, I've loved watching him play. And Sounds like a whole lot of propaganda to me. But but then he's backed it up on the field. Like Vince said, he beat Baker Mayfield in a high-powered OU offense. Great game. Great player. He's good. I'm just not, not sold on him being my Heisman this year. Yeah, well, if you're a futures player, uh, you could run down to your your local sports book or a guy down the street, and I believe Jake Fromm. Yeah, I, I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, but you know he he's anywhere you know from you know eighteen to one, twenty five to one, something like that. And that's not that's not a bad play. I'll say, and I'm not a futures player. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Me neither. But- and if I am, I, I go cry. I would do something crazy like put it on Jalen Hurts or something. <laughs> he actually, he's actually he's, got tremendous odds. Yeah, he might, <laughs> depending on where you look. I looked the other day, and he was like 20 to 1. It wasn't that crazy for him. But looking around the SEC East, the one stat I want to call out here that really shocked me, I know Tennessee has struggled, but in the past two seasons, they're 2-14 and 14 in SEC play. They're worse than Vanderbilt in SEC play. Um, And people are starting to ride the uh, Tennessee train a little bit, and maybe the recruiting classes Jeremy Pruitt has been able to assemble can piece it together. So maybe they're not going to win the division, but maybe they can be a little bit more respectable this year. Every year they talk about the talent. There's no reason they can't finish third in in that division. You know, I don't, South Carolina isn't that great. I expect Kentucky to take a huge step back. Missouri, I don't, I don't feel that that great about with Kelly Bryant and Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. There's no reason why Tennessee shouldn't be at least third at that. Especially when all the preseason magazines are are saying, I guess Missouri is the three in this conference because no, no, no everybody way. would normally say probably in this situation South Carolina, but their their schedule is ridiculous and mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to be able to do that. And, you know, Kentucky, we all expect them to take the, the step back because they lost so many players to the NFL. So the doors have opened up. And the thing is, they've always recruited well there. They just don't get anything out of them. But now you got Jeremy Pruitt uh, working his program, who was making fun of his own English earlier this week. Uh, I, yeah, I think the Vols could be back, uh, not back, but, uh, you know, somewhat respectable. They're, you've got a long way to go before you get to, you know, late 90s territory. On old Rocky Top. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's been a long time since the late 90s. Yeah, so that's but, uh, uh, SEC East, I guess, all around the board. We've got uh, Georgia. Yeah, we got Georgia. I'll be rooting for those Gators at that cocktail party. I'm very happy to be out of Louisiana, by the way, where I was doing a radio show, uh, because now I can let my freak flag fly and, and cheer on the Gators. I've got too many... Too many uh, family members who've gone there, so I'll cheer for them against their foes in the in the East. I'll still probably be pulling for the Tigers when we talk SEC West here, though, Vince. 
Yeah, SEC West here. Uh, Alabama uh, expected to be, you know, one of the top two teams in the country again. Uh, do you see anybody, uh, uh, you know, making any noise in, in this SEC West? Who do you see coming in second? It's got to be the Tigers, LSU, right? I don't know. It's the most confident LSU team, I think, in years. But I'm just – I'm not impressed with Joe Burrow other than, you know, just his his tenacity. But that you, got, you need more than that in the SEC. You need, you need freaks. You need standout athletes. And I think A&M has a few of those, but they've got major questions over on defense. I think LSU has a lot of athletes and a lot of great players, but it just for some reason can't – put it together when it comes to Bama. Um, and I have a feeling in my gut, this is one of those Auburn years. I I don't know. When you have no idea what's going on at quarterback for Auburn, but everywhere else on the field are you know highly recruited players and the defense should be decent and they potentially will be starting a 250-pound quarterback, that intrigues me. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say Auburn finishes two behind Bama. So you don't think Malzahn's on the hot seat then? No, I mean, in a in a in a sane you know if you're, if you're a sane person, no. But I guess when it comes to, to the SEC West, hell, Jimbo Fisher's on a hot seat this year. Everybody's on a hot seat no, in, that, in that division. I mean, there's there's it's crazy. No way Malzahn's gonna get axed unless he has an absolutely terrible season, which would be like you know four or five losses for Auburn, and I don't see that happening. Every every year you, you think Auburn's not going to be that good. They you know just come out of nowhere. You know, their their defensive line should be very good. One, yes. one of the it's going to be the best in college. One of the football, best in yeah. the country. Uh, if they can figure out that quarterback situation, you know, look out. They're they're going to be really good. But I I still think LSU uh, is is going to beat them. Uh, I, I that defense should be. Very, very good. Better than last year. That defense yeah. is going to have to score for LSU to. Well, well, Grant Delpit may do that. He 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 may lead the Tigers in scoring, uh, but um, <laughs> you, it, it, Joe Burrow, Alan, you could speak to Joe Burrow more more than anybody here. Uh, has this guy shown what it takes to just really take this offense uh, by the horns? And or, or by the tail, I should say, and and really move them down the field because it just seems like you know they they they, they get something going and then they go up against Alabama and they can absolutely do nothing and they just get absolutely shut down. But that's like every other team though well, in the I country, would, uh, Clems, other than Clemson. Okay, and, and uh, Georgia has been able to score some points. LSU got shut out last year. Shut out. But are you wait? Are you asking me if Joe Burrow can hold that tiger? Is that what you're asking me, Vince? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. He's capable, but for as long as only as long as he lasts. Go Tigers! I think Joe Burrow is not making it through this season with the way he plays. I mean, he is reckless, and it's fun to watch. It's awesome. He's one of the most exciting college football players, if you ask me. But I have a feeling we're going to see some Miles Brennan this year. Maybe by the time they play Alabama, Miles, really? Yeah, and, and I, uh, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it for for the LSU Tigers getting over the Alabama hump this year, possibly finishing two. But 
Um, I, I think A&M's catching up to them, too. That was a major hurdle for the Aggies, beating them in that crazy mm-hmm. overtime game last year. Um, don't be surprised if LSU uh, you know, finishes uh, three or four in the West. And So uh, then your guy, Coach O, is gone then. No, Coach O, I think, got enough goodwill. There is a new AD there, but I think they're on the same page. I think there's going to be all sorts of circumstances and excuses for the Tigers to make this year, but I just don't. I don't have a good feeling. I hope I'm wrong. I like when L- I like it when LSU wins, but I have a feeling this is going to be. An- I mean, it's an angry Alabama year. They, they got embarrassed. Yeah. It's an angry. Well, a- there's nothing stopping them. I- my only question is, if they lose one, who's it going to be to? Yeah, because it's going to be LSU or Auburn. I- my money's on Auburn. Well, that's that was going to be my question. You know, their their schedule is not that difficult. Um, uh, particularly non-conference, but they they do play you know the three toughest games: A and M, LSU, and Auburn. Two of those games are on the road. I think they're going to lose one of those three games. I mean, they'll still make the SEC championship game unless you know some some team really catches fire. But they're still going to make it. That there's they're still too consistent. So then, who who do you guys have winning the divi- the conference? I have. Georgia upset in Alabama here. Angry Alabama over Georgia. I, I think this is this is finally when Georgia's going to yeah. kick the door down, I think. I know, although, I although, I'm not, although I'm not sure because it, even when you don't think Alabama is going to be as good, they're still, still so difficult to beat. I mean, Georgia, the past two times they've played them, have had you know, their, their foot on their throat. And they still couldn't beat him. Yeah, they beat a backup I, quarterback. Yeah, that, that, that's what I don't get. It, you know, they had him down, and they still couldn't beat him. Well, I think that showed to Kirby Smart's lack of coaching and huge games like that. Um, but I just, I just think Georgia is absolutely loaded. Now, that doesn't mean Alabama won't make the playoff, though. Yeah. I think the SEC gets two teams, and I think it's Georgia and Alabama, as long as they both enter the conference game undefeated. Yeah, because I, I don't I, think – I'm not too high on many of the other conferences I this guess, year. I guess we should address that. Last week we said we didn't think anybody from the Pac-12 was going to get in. I guess a couple of us thought maybe Oregon. Uh, and the Big Ten, we kind of thought that they were you know, going to probably beat each other up. Um, and there was an there was an outside shot, you know, you know, if a Michigan or Ohio State finishes one loss, like they they'll get in, definitely, Um, definitely have Ohio State in. Yeah, but we, I think, are we all in agreement here that there's going to be two SEC teams? No, I'm not with that at all. No, I don't think there's going to be just because of the lobbying uh, with with the Big Ten what they did, and I think there will be a one one loss Big Ten champ. Um, and the 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 uh, conference we're about to talk about, I think, is going to get a team in, and I think uh, obviously I think that, Clemson is is already just yeah. waiting. I, for, you know, they, they, their season's well, basically over before it starts. I, They're going to cakewalk well, through the ACC. Well, I think that's where we're going to differ. Yeah, when I talking agree. about yeah. the Big Twelve, uh, and I guess let's talk about it here. Uh, OU and Jalen Hurts are are the favorites in that conference, but a lot of people think Texas is back. Um, uh, <laughs> Sam Ellinger, a quarterback who just seems to be calling out everybody that, uh, this season. Uh, are you buying 
that OU and Jalen Hurts are going to be doing it again this year? And are you buying that Texas is back? Well, I think they're going to be better, but I am actually under the belief that the Big 12 will not get a team in the in the playoff. I think it's going to be two SEC teams. I think it's going to be Clemson, spoiler alert for next week. And then I do think it's going to be a Big 10 team, uh, Ohio State or Michigan or Michigan State. But I think the Big 12 is a little bit top-heavy, and so I don't think that bodes well for OU or Texas because I do think – um, whoever finish wins that conference is going to have two losses at the end two of the losses. day. Yeah, because I could see OU losing to Texas and Iowa State um, or vice versa. I think those three teams at the top there, a lot of people are high on Iowa State. I don't think they're going to contend for a title, but I do think they're going to make some noise there with uh, Campbell and his defense. They're going to beat Texas. I'm telling you right now, mm-hmm. Iowa State's going to mm-hmm. beat them because – Ellinger, this is a guy who's talked way too much. I'm already tired of him. And, you know, I, I'm i horns down this whole season. Sure, I think Texas is back. They're going to be top, you know, one of the best teams in the conference. But I think they're going to go down to a team like uh, Iowa State this year who's got a hell of a defensive line. Jaquan Bailey, Ray Lima are beasts. And you're going to be talking about some defenses this year, defensive players in the Big 12 that are going to, be key factors. Iowa State's got them. TCU all around is a pretty solid D. They should bounce back nicely and and be a thorn in someone's side. And I think Texas, hey, they might even beat OU this year again. But I just think overall, Oklahoma's got all the guys, and now they've got a winner, a legitimate winner at quarterback again, and and a guy that they're going to cater around. He's eventually going to get the starting job. I'm so frustrated. Jalen Hurts hasn't been announced the starter yet. But it's not going to be Texas. They're back, but it's not going to be them. It's not going to be Iowa State. And it sure as hell ain't going to be Les Miles. It's going to be Oklahoma. (laughs) And I I think it's a one-loss Oklahoma team winning the Big 12. They may win it, but I don't think they're finishing with one loss. I'm just not sold on these guys. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he's got to prove to me that he could – be a passer unless Lincoln Riley's really going to change this does he? offense. Does he? And, he has two losses in his college career and he's, he's it, joining a program that's full of great players. Maybe not as many as Alabama, but still very good. Well, he, he doesn't have Nick Saban, you know, pu- pulling the strings. Now Lincoln Riley, an excellent coach. Is he going to change his offensive system? Uh, to, to suit this guy. He that, doesn't that, need that, to. That's where uh, I disagree. I'm not as high on OU, but he doesn't need to change his team. Hertz can slide right well, in. Well, he he's not he's not the passer that Baker is. No, but and he's not the dynamic player that Kyler Murray. Is. Those two guys won the Heisman, though. That's yeah. absurd well, what OU did well, in back to back years. Well, he needs to be. Like I heard today on the Wetzel and Forty College Football podcast, even if Hertz is like sixty-five to seventy percent of the player, those guys were he's gonna they're gonna be great. Well, well, think about this though: their defense was horrible last year. Uh, they got a new defensive coordinator this year. Are they going to make that drastic a turnaround? Yeah, because you know, eventually you got to stop somebody, and I don't, you know, they, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Like make enough plays to compensate for an offense that isn't going to be as good. It, they lost some other players, uh, some big-time playmakers on that offense. I know they have C.D. Lamb re- returning, one of, one of the best receivers in the country, but is that enough? 
Oh, the offense is, is not going to skip a beat. I think this is a system that's that's here to stay. And look, I mean, plugging in transfer quarterbacks the way they have, winning Heisman's, and now you're getting a bona fide winner in Jalen Hurts, cater to his his strong suits. But I still think he's going to be able to make short, quick passes that they love to make. I think they're going to be able to adjust to his, you know, less frenetic, dyna- you know, dynamic running style of compared to Kyler Murray, a more straightforward bull you over you better not give him any daylight or he'll be gone straight ahead style I I think Oklahoma has a lot of weapons more than enough for Lincoln Riley to work with and in terms of defense I think it's almost to the point where OU yeah the the only way to they could have gone they could go is up they were horrible but I I think they're going to be better on defense as well and you know they're going to come kind of come closer the offense maybe not as putting up the ridiculous numbers but still I'm sure will be top 10 and defensively, they don't have to be too great, but good enough in the Big 12. You gotta, the Big 12, you don't need a great defense. You just need a few good playmakers on defense. Um, what do you guys think of Baylor? I think they're going to sneak, as much as it hurts me to say this, I do think they're going to get um, a win against one of the top teams in the conference. They're returning everyone. Matt Rule um, is an excellent coach and has that team – uh, they did well in spurts last year, and if they can be a, more consistent, um, I think they could knock off one of the top teams in the yeah. conference and kind of play a little spoiler and maybe finish fourth. Yeah, th- this is my big sleeper team be, uh, in the Big 12 because I, I, Matt Rule, an excellent defensive coach, I think he's going to get those guys playing at a high level. And I like that quarterback, Charlie Brewer, uh, for Baylor. So I, I like what they're doing here, I, and not enough people are talking about them in my opinion. Yeah, you think they're going to beat they're going to catch I maybe they'll catch I think Texas is going to get caught by one of those teams maybe Baylor or I got Iowa State pegged. You guys are saying Baylor. I think uh, I, Iowa State like Iowa I think State is going to be too. good too. I think they're going to finish I think it's going to be um Iowa, Iowa State maybe 3 Baylor 4, but from where this program was just two years ago making that jump um i think they can make a significant jump but i think iowa state's going to be great too it's going to be a fun a fun season in the in the big 12 because i think you've got a lot of teams that are in the middle that are not great but i think capable of of upsetting and like you said you 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 two are saying ruining the season for texas or oklahoma who a lot of people expect to possibly represent the the conference in the college football playoff. I've got OU though persevering and oh my goodness, it would be amazing if Jalen Hurts won the Heisman. I doubt that happens, but I think he'll be just fine. Uh, This should be the most fun just because Les Miles is in it. It's going to be the most fun conference to watch this season. What is he going to do in this, in this league? I mean, are you allowed to have have a fullback? (laughs) I don't know if you're allowed to have a fullback in the big 12 uh, or run the I formation, but I definitely know he can't wait to chew on some delicious grass that he hasn't gotten to touch. Midwestern grass. Yeah, that t- big 12 grass he hasn't gotten to chew on since Oklahoma State. Was he eating grass back then? I don't know. Before he got to LSU. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Les Miles' return to, to college football. Um, it's also, don't forget, uh, first season without Bill Snyder in the conference in forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's gonna it's a, it's a new day. And maybe defense will be played in the conference this season. Who knows? Um, so, Vince, who do you have winning the I, conference? I, I, I have OU with Allen, but I don't think 
OU is going to make the playoff. I have them winning the conference still, but who do you have? I, I, I'm really not sure. <laughs> Eight starters back is, on defense for Oklahoma, Vince. Just go OU. I, I think that's the, that's the safe pick. Uh, part of me really wants to pick Texas, though. <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, something – you, know, some, you like that cocky quarterback. Uh, something about those guys, you know. I, 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 I'm just really not sold on Oklahoma. They may have the best team overall, but um, I, I think the the winner of this league is going to have two losses. I'll say that. Imagine though, if they get to the college football playoff, Matthew McConaughey back on the national stage hasn't been there since All right. Vince Young. All right. All right. All right. He might get he might have a one-on-one with Les Miles. A lot of fun they're going to be able to have in the Big 12. Tons of personalities. Do you think Baker Mayfield says anything about Sam Ellinger the rest of the season, Pam? Um, I definitely think he does and he'll probably just shotgun a beer after he says it. I I hope the Browns are are on by during that Red River shootout. Oh, oh I didn't look that up beforehand. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um uh, Fun. The two most fun conferences, the best conference and probably the most fun conference, SEC and Big 12. Uh, Everybody, let us know what you think uh, for each conference. We're breaking them down. What do we got next week? ACC, finally? Yeah, we'll talk about the ACC, uh, and and we'll see how how we think Pitt stacks up. I'm going to probably uh, have live on the podcast next week a hat with a bunch of uh, cut-up pieces of paper with team names from the Coastal in them, and whichever one I pick out is who I'm picking. Nobody could follow you. (laughs) All right. At H2P Show's where it's at, Pam? Absolutely. Interact with us throughout the week. We'll be posting content um, and getting your thoughts on everything. Yes, I can't wait to hear from some Panther fans, especially as more and more people will be paying attention to the team with just a week out, and then I'm sure we'll have a lot of interactivity as the season goes on. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening, subscribing, leaving those reviews. We've got a few really good reviews on iTunes, so hit that subscribe button. Cost you, how much does that cost again, Vince? 100% free of charge. Free of charge. To subscribe on any podcast platform of your choosing, subscribe to it now. Hail to Pit Podcast. And that does it for uh, this week, I guess, week two in our existence. Uh, I, th- I feel 3% better. How about you, Pam? I feel absolutely 3% better after this week. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we did. And and all the listeners out there should let us know if we, if we achieved that 3%. Yes. And hopefully you get 3% better each and every single week along with us. So uh, that does it for another episode of the Hail to Pit podcast. I guess all that's left to say is Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit. You still think I'm crazy standing here today. I couldn't make you love me, but I always dreamed about living in your